wrestling is a girl thing too. Deal with it. Welcome to Girl Talk with Gabby, a weekly wrestling podcast where I discuss everything happening in the WWE and beyond. I am so sorry that I did not have a podcast for you guys last week. I had some serious audio issues happen, and by the end of it, I was just so tired and so busy that I was just like, okay, you know what? We're taking the week off. So maybe next week I'll just talk about some really wild and fun stuff. I guess so. Little did I know that WWE would practically cut its lower mid-card in half. Oh my goodness. Okay, as of me recording this Friday afternoon, WWE has come to terms on the release of superstars King Barrett, Damian Sandow, Santino Morella, Cameron, Hornswoggle, Alex Riley, El Torito, and Zeb Coulter. Alright, well, first let me tackle the elephant in the room. Damian Sandow. Oh my god, this breaks my heart. I, I'm going to talk about this more later, but I was in uh, the Kansas City tapings of SmackDown. I had floor seats. It was a great experience. And Damian Sandow faced Titus O'Neil in the main event tapings. And I, oh my god, I have no idea. I had no clue at all that this was going to happen because he just, he was so over. He got cheered so loudly. He had one of the biggest pops of the night. Definitely a bigger pop than Roman Reigns, okay? So hearing that he's been released, it just, oh my god, it breaks my heart. And I just wish him the best possible success in whatever he does because I can see him pulling a Drew McIntyre and saying, okay, fine, WWE, you don't want to use me, right? I'm going to go continue doing what I did before and get myself over on my own. And I am 100% behind Damian Sandow. The two times that I saw him live were some of the most enjoyable matches I've ever seen. I loved watching him because he was just so sincere, so organically over. It was just always a pleasure to see him do his work. So I wish him best of luck in whatever he does. Now, about the other superstars, King Barrett, we already saw this coming. Uh, it's a real shame. They really, really dropped the ball with him. He could have been a champion so easily back in like 2010-ish. But, you know, the Nexus run fell apart. And then, you know, he had something good with Bad News Barrett. But then King of the Ring happened and then League of Nations and they got kicked out. And, well, we've known for a while that he's probably not going to stay. And so whatever he does, it looks like he's going to pursue something outside of wrestling for a while. I wish him the best of luck in that. I'd love to see him personally go to New Japan someday. Uh, I think the Bullet Club would, you know, be happy to add him to their ranks. But, you know, whatever happens, I wish him the best of luck as well. Now, Santino Morella, Hornswoggle, and El Torito haven't really been on television, like, at all. So I wasn't really too surprised with that. Wishing them the best of luck. I mean, I don't really wish any ill, have any ill will towards any of these people. Uh, Cameron, I feel like it's been a long time coming, her release, because... I mean, I know everyone brings this up, but she tried to pin someone on their stomach, guys. Just, no. Uh, she was in developmental for a really long time, never really made the kind of progress that she should have, and it just didn't seem like wrestling is exactly what, uh, for her, you know, what's for her. So, I hope she finds something that suits her better than wrestling did. Uh, Zeb Coulter, he'll be fine. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be okay. So, whew, let's hope that this is the last of the releases for the day, because I don't know if my mind can 
can handle anything else and I really don't want to re-record any of this stuff. Okay, so let's get to my usual stuff, recapping Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw was just a couple of hours away from me in St. Louis. I really wanted to go, I wasn't able to, I did get to go to SmackDown though, so you know, it's okay. But, boy, they're really pushing this new era thing and you know, it actually looks like they're doing something about it. So. Let's get right down to it. It opened up with Stephanie McMahon. Uh, St. Louis was not happy with that, but Shane McMahon came out as well, saved us from an authority promo, and Stephanie gave him a repaired photo of him and Vince, uh, you know, young, young Shane. And then Shane set up the first match of the night, Cesaro versus Kevin Owens for a shot at the Intercontinental Championship because uh, Kevin Owens came out demanding a title shot because, you know, he's Kevin Owens and he's great. It was great. I loved it. So, you know, this is a really interesting angle, I think. Uh, Shane versus Stephanie, I know it's annoying having everything kind of center around the McMahon family, but at the same time, you know, this sets up a lot of interesting possibilities. I personally am a fan of Seth Rollins facing Triple H at SummerSlam and making it kind of a, a Shane versus Stephanie angle kind of mixed into that. So that would be really interesting. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep that in mind, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, first match of the night, Cesaro versus Kevin Owens. Great idea. If you want people to keep watching a wrestling show, give them some damn good wrestling. This match was awesome. The Miz was on commentary. Uh, Maurice was there too, although I didn't even really see her. But good match match. Obviously a great match. Cesaro uh, did a lot of really, really cool stuff. He like flipped off the barricade when Owens tried to run away from him. He had some crossbodies. Of course, the uppercuts. Oh my goodness. A flying uppercut out of nowhere. Uh, Owens tried to use the Miz's belt against Cesaro, but then Cesaro just hit them both with the uppercut. So in retaliation, the Miz attacked him in the uh, match, causing a disqualification. And then they kind of teamed up on Cesaro until Sami Zayn arrived to make the save and just, you know, unloaded on Kevin Owens as a Sami Zayn would do. And then after that, The Miz looked to try to like stop him, but Zayn fought him off. He hit the hell of a kick on Owens and then held up the Intercontinental title himself to end the segment. And oh my goodness, seeing Sami Zayn holding that Intercontinental Championship, what a sight. Am I right though? It looked incredible on him. And you know, Sami Zayn, is definitely championship material. As much as I'd like Cesaro to win, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing Sami Zayn holding that title. So, looks like they're setting up a fatal four-way for Extreme Rules. So, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Extreme Rules is so soon, you guys. Okay, so, backstage, uh, friendly Stephanie approached Dean Ambrose. She was all smiles, but he didn't really buy it because why would one ever believe a friendly Stephanie McMahon? And uh, he agreed to have her on the Ambrose Asylum and gave her a really funny face as she left. And then elsewhere, there was some R-Truth and Tyler Breeze stuff going down and then Gold Dust, and then Fandango and I don't really know where any of this is going, but okay. And then again, in like the third backstage segment in a row, AJ Styles was shown talking to Anderson and Gallows about his match with Roman Reigns, and then Reigns arrived to stare Styles down. He said that he had a lot of respect for Styles, but he said that uh, Anderson and Gallows said didn't believe that Styles could win on his own. And then Styles declared that he would win on his own. And then a match was set up, Bullet Club versus the Samoan Club later that night. Ah! <laughs> well, after this, we got Goldust versus Tyler Breeze in like a little lover's spat. I mean, this was pretty standard, except for the fact that Tyler Breeze got his first victory after, what was it, like over 60 losses in a row? Oh my god, you know, 
it really is a shame the, what they're doing to Tyler Breeze because he had a match against Shinsuke Nakamura with, on a, an NXT live show. I think it was in Selena. And apparently it was the match of the night. So obviously, obviously, it's not just Nakamura. Tyler Breeze can go in the ring. That much is clear. They're just not utilizing him properly, which it's it's such a, it's such a damn shame, you know? Ugh. After this, we had the New Day emerge to a very appreciative St. Louis, informing the crowd of uh, Enzo Mori's concussion, which brought the tag team tournament to like a really abrupt end. And as someone who watched Payback Live, that was one of the scariest moments I think I've ever seen. I was honestly just so... Oh my god, so terrified for Enzo, especially because it was the beginning of a huge push for him, and I thought he had broken his neck for a little bit, and then I was very relieved to hear that it was just a concussion, and it's a weird thing to say, just a concussion, but hopefully he'll be back in the ring soon enough, and hopefully we won't have to go through anything like that ever again. Um, the New Day were interrupted by the villains, who said that a real man would have just gotten back up. They said they made Enzo the realest guy in the emergency room, and they said there was no doubt as to who deserved the shot at the tag team titles. A very good way of, I think, building some natural heat on the villains. It was a classy way of incorporating a real-life injury to a kayfabe storyline, so, um, yeah, I, I didn't really have any issues with it. I didn't really see anyone else who had any issues with it, so it was good. Uh, Vaughn villains are definitely very good on the mic. Uh, I, I said this last time, but I am constantly amazed and shocked at how good they are on the mic because I do not remember ever being that impressed by them in NXT whenever they would cut promos. So whatever they're doing, it's working. Uh, I think it's the heel turn, honestly. Uh, the villains were cut off by the Deadly Boys, who said they hadn't beaten anybody at Payback and said they deserved a shot at the tag team titles. And then, to a huge ovation, Big Cass himself cut everyone off, and then chaos erupted and a match was set up. Deadly Boys and the villains versus The New Day with Big Cass. And boy, was this a fun match. It was actually given some really decent time. Uh, Big Cass got a really good hot tag, and he is the one who got the pinfall, which was a great, like, little thing of karma right there. Uh, there was a lot of love for Enzo Mori present in every move Big Cass made. And he is very good on the mic, even without Enzo Mori, who's, you know, on a level of all his own when it comes to uh, promo skills. So it was very good seeing that. I'm sure the WWE brass took very careful notice of how great Big Cass is because he is a star. And he and Enzo, whenever Enzo comes back, are going to take the tag team division by storm. And also, it is a great thing that they are not letting Cass just kind of fade away into the background while Enzo's out. Uh, you want to keep that, that heat going on uh, Enzo and Cass as much as possible, even though Enzo's a little set back right now, so very good idea keeping him there. Pairing him up with the New Day was a great way to kind of just showcase how good he is, and it was awesome. It was just really awesome. After this, we had Becky Lynch versus Emma. This was a really quick match, but Emma and Becky both looked amazing, obviously. It's good to see WWE not completely forgetting, you know, their feud like they kind of did at Payback. So, yay, yay for that. And gay guys, dude, we're back at two women segments again. Thank God, new era indeed, am I right? It has to just be a teaser to come because the finish was a little wonky. She poked, uh, Emma poked Becky Lynch in the eye to pick up the win. So I think that this is not the last we're going to see of them. I hope they get an Extreme Rules match. It would be really cool if they just gave the women a cool stipulation match. Not like submission or anything, but like, I don't know. I really want to see the women have a ladder match or an Extreme Rules match or just something cool like that. Even a chairs match. I don't care. 
In simple terms, despite it being kind of short, this was just a very good bout of wrestling. So cheers to Emma and Becky. And then after this, we had the Ambrose Asylum with Stephanie McMahon. I actually didn't watch this segment live because my dorm caught fire. So if you guys go to my blog, my friend Bilbs uh, wrote a recap on it. It was very good segment. I did watch the YouTube uh, recap of it later. And what Stephanie did was she reinstated the highlight reel. Chris Jericho came back for a, a surprise comeback. I don't know. But it was good. It was good. Chris Jericho is still vastly entertaining. Uh, Dean and Jericho exchanged words. They exchanged, you know, punches, and it looks like uh, <laughs> this feud is continuing on, and I hope that it leads to another solid, no-brainer victory for Dean Ambrose. And after this, we had a battle royale for the number one contendership for the United States Championship. Uh, finally put that freaking belt on television. Uh, a battle royale for the championship really does kind of elevate it a little bit because, you know, you have to really fight your way through a lot of guys just to get a shot at the title. So, very good idea. Uh, when I returned for this one, uh, Titus O'Neil was in it, so I was like, oh, hey, Titus, uh, you, you're, you're back? Okay, cool. Sweet. And for a second, I thought we were going to get Sin Cara versus Kalisto, which would have been very, very interesting. And I still, I think they were teasing it for the sole purpose of seeing what the feedback for that would be. So I, I think that one day we might actually get to see that. The final two left were Zack Ryder and Rusev. And oh my God, honestly, WWE, screw you for messing with my emotions so much. I honestly thought that Zack Ryder was going to get the shot. And I was vastly disappointed when Rusev got it. But that's not taking anything away from Rusev. He's massively needed something real to do. He is a very, very talented heel. And he has one of the best managers in the entire business, despite how much she's been watered down. So I hope that this leads to a real well-built-out feud. Because if it's possible, you can finally get the heat back on Kalista that you needed. Don't just put him on commentary. That's not his strength. Just let him show what he can do in the ring. Let him really showcase his David versus Goliath underdog qualities that got him so over in the first place, you know? So you know what? The most important things I got out of this was uh, welcome back, Titus O'Neil. And Zack Ryder was... It was fun while it lasted. I'm so sorry. After this, we had our second women's segment of the night. Uh, women's champion Charlotte came out to the ring and they discussed what happened at Payback, which was uh, <laughs> the Chicago screw job where referee Little Nate kind of uh, screwed Natalia out of the title, even though Charlotte was going to talk. It was a really stupid thing. The only good thing that I think came out of this match was the fact that Natalia and Bret Hart both locked in a sharpshooter on Rick and Charlotte, and that was just very rewarding to see. And I think that was Bret's idea as well. Uh, he said so in his podcast. So, Bret Hart, thank you so much. You saved that segment. Also, why? Why a Chicago screw job? That's so stupid and unoriginal, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. So, you know, creative, I honestly just, your women can carry these matches on their own. But on the bright side, Charlotte and Natalia will be facing each other in a submission match with ring, with uh, Ric Flair banned from ringside. So that's something to look forward to. I'm sure they're going to deliver greatly. But honestly, after this, I hope that they move on to Sasha Banks and let her start making her name known. I know that she's not supposed to get the title until SummerSlam, but you could possibly have a number one contenders match at Money in the Bank between Sasha and, I don't know, Becky or something like that. You know, Sasha versus Emma, something like that to just kind of elevate the championship even more, keep Sasha and Charlotte fresh 
for a SummerSlam match. That's at least what I want. Okay, and then we got the main event of the night, which was the Bullet Club versus Roman Reigns and the Usos. Yes, I'm calling it the freaking Bullet Club. They're the Bullet Club, okay? They keep just calling it the club, but they're the Bullet Club, all right? Um, Styles and Roman started things off. Uh, Styles really has great chemistry with Roman Reigns, and I'll get to this when I talk about SmackDown and my experience there, but I mean, I don't get tired of seeing them fight each other. They just have such different in-ring styles that mesh together so well, and the crowd is so invested in it, whether it's like the 40 or 30% that uh, actually does cheer for Roman Reigns going, ah! the entire time or you know the rest of the hardcore fans who are just losing it for styles i mean when's the last time we saw people so universally invested in any storyline involving roman reigns i mean it's fantastic it really is fantastic and of course anderson and gallows is awesome seeing them in wwe it was awesome seeing them do the too sweet hand thing when they entered it was just it's just still so surreal to see something like this and i'm enjoying it a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot but what my favorite thing about this match was seeing AJ Styles get the pin with the phenomenal forearm over Jimmy Uso. In the ring, oh, this was really interesting. Uh, Gallows and Anderson look to attack Reigns with a steel chair, handing the chair to Styles and like, do it, do it, attack him, attack him, you know, tempting him to the dark side. But Styles, after one of the longest pauses of all time, at least it felt like it to me, I was getting very nervous. Uh, he couldn't bring himself to do it. He refused, and then Anderson and Gallows were like, okay, fine, we're just gonna beat him ourselves. So they did that, and then from behind, the freaking Usos attacked Styles with the steel chair, and Styles just returned the favor because, you know, self-defense is a thing, only to be seen by Roman Reigns, who went absolutely mental, hitting Styles with the Superman punch, and then hitting him with a running powerbomb through the announce table to close out the show. Dang, Roman, you're scary, man. <laughs> like, that was one of the scariest and honestly most realistic portrayals of Roman Reigns that I've ever seen. You know, he's not an underdog. Don't even try to portray him as an underdog, but portraying him as just a badass, destructive force that works for him. That works for everyone, especially when you put him up against someone who does have that underdog quality like AJ Styles. I really enjoyed this segment. Styles and Reigns have just like a shocking amount of in-ring chemistry. So I am looking forward to seeing where this all goes. And you know what? Even Vince Russo himself liked this segment. So that just goes to show you how good it was because, you know, Honestly, in what world is Vince Russo like anything WWE does? Okay, you guys, so I was so excited to have gone to SmackDown tapings in Kansas City, Missouri. It was only my second live event that I've been to, so obviously I was just thrilled to be there. But when you think about it, the last WWE live event that I went to was Fastlane 2015 in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Last year's Fastlane sucked, man. It was awful. It was universally, like, panned. Just for a reminder for you guys, let me tell you uh, all about the match card. Okay, so our first match of the night was Seth Rollins, Big Show, and Kane versus Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, and Ryback. And you know what? I was super, super excited to see uh, Seth Rollins, so I wasn't really too uh, unhappy with the match. But frankly, it was a six-man tag team match, man. It was just, it was dull. It was dull. It was very dull. And that match, dude, that match lasted 13 minutes, man. That was, whew. And then after that, we had Goldust versus Stardust, which, you know, uh and then we had Tyson, Kidd, and Cesaro defeat the Usos for the Tag Team Championships. My dad went nuts for this. I was kind of sad because I liked the Usos back then, but honestly, I was excited to see 
Cesaro unties a kid, so that was cool. <laughs> Nikki Bella defeated Paige in a five-minute match. Blech. Bad News Barrett defeated Dean Ambrose by disqualification, and then Dean Ambrose ran away with the IC title, so that was disappointing for me. Uh, Rusev defeated John Cena, literally, like, knocking him out <laughs> with the accolade. That was actually one of the better matches of the night. That lasted 18 minutes. Uh, and then Roman Reigns defeated Daniel Bryan. Yes, Daniel Bryan made Roman look so strong. And you know, in hindsight, uh, I do think that I was very lucky to see one of Daniel Bryan's final WWE matches. But, you know, Roman Reigns defeated Daniel Bryan. There was just, there was no, there was, it was a no-win situation when you think about it. So, my standards when it came to WWE live events were very, very low, okay? <laughs> but I... I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed SmackDown. Now, historically, SmackDown doesn't really further plot lines so much as it just provides some quality wrestling. And it's also preceded by uh, tapings of WWE main events. So I, I enjoyed it. I really did. So for the main event tapings, the atmosphere was pretty fun. Everyone, you know, we all know what we're going to get with main event. But the main event tapings were actually really, really cool. Uh, the show opened with a dark match. It was the New Day versus the Dudley Boys. New Day congratulated Kofi Kingston on his new baby. Congrats, Kofi. I know he's going to be a great dad to that kid. It was really amusing. They defeated the Dudley boys. They were vastly entertaining. Uh, the crowd went nuts for them. I was so excited to be able to chant along with Biggie, you know, clap for your world famous two-time champs and feel the power. That That's on my bucket list. I can scratch that off now. That was a blast. And then we were followed by what is going to turn out to be Damian Sandow's final WWE match. Oh god, I'm emotional. Uh, it was Titus O'Neil versus Damian Sandow, and it was really difficult because, I mean, we all wanted to cheer for Titus because we know that he was just unjustly uh, suspended, but at the same time, Damian Sandow, it is impossible for us to root against Damian Sandow. So he got a hero's welcome, and I managed to get some laughs from people around me when I yelled, I just yelled, you are so much better than me as he entered. Uh, it was a good match. Sandow actually got some good offense in, so that was wildly entertaining. And then after this, we got Apollo Crews versus Victor, and dude, Apollo Crews got a bigger pop than I ever would have thought he would have gotten. Uh, he really doesn't have a storyline right now, so I didn't see why he would ever get a pop, aside from the fact that he's just a great wrestler. But, you know, he got a great reaction. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down some funny quotes that I heard from people in the crowd when they saw uh, what he looked like. One of the guys next to me went, holy shit, look at his body! And then another guy's like, he's like a Greek god, and, you know, I'm inclined to agree. Apollo Crews has a great physique. <laughs> and then after this, uh, Baron Corbin versus Sincada. Uh, this was Baron Corbin's hometown, so he got a hero's welcome. And man, I can't even describe what it's like seeing his entrance in person. His entrance is amazing. It was, oh my god, I got chills. And you know what? I've been a fan of his since NXT, so seeing him wrestle in person was really exciting. He has a great aura in the ring. Uh, Sincara lost his mask. That is true. I saw a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. It was true. We were cracking up at it, but I don't think anyone actually saw his face. It was just kind of kind of sad just seeing him rolling around the ring, covering his uh, face with his hands. <laughs> and then after this, we got Dolph Ziggler versus Stardust. Uh, there was a little kid sitting next to me who was a huge Stardust fan, which was absolutely adorable. He was wearing, like, blue lipstick and everything. It was so cute. Ziggler won, obviously. Uh, the entire time, we were just rooting for Stardust to pull Ziggler's braided ponytail, which he did, so that was good. Uh, yeah, so he won, and he took a sweet time leaving after winning, so we were all hoping that Baron Corbin was going to come out and ambush him on the ramp, but alas, 
We got no such thing. And then after this, SmackDown tapings started. So we got the highlight reel with Chris Jericho. Oh my God, guys, being insulted by Chris Jericho is one of the most fun things I've ever done. It was a blast having him insult us. And the crowd was just, (laughs) the crowd was like enjoying having him call us stupid idiots. Like I think that was on a lot of people's bucket lists as well. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Sami Zayn got a huge, huge, huge pop. And then The Miz came in and he entered to a lot of booze because you know, (laughs) Sami Zayn, you don't interrupt Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami Zayn's match versus The Miz was a lot of fun. Kevin Owens entrance got a massive, massive pop. We were thrilled to see him. He went over for commentary, and so I could actually hear him yelling some insults at Byron Saxon, which was really amusing. And then, of course, a four-way fight broke out. Cesaro entered, also got a huge pop, because he's Cesaro, man. Uh, It was just a lot of fun. It was so much fun. And then we got a backstage segment of uh, Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, and, you know, the crowd went mental for that, obviously. Um... The Vaudevillains defeated the Social Outcasts. Uh, I think it was Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Vaudevillains' entrance in person is actually pretty neat. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, like the spotlight thing, it just looks really cool in person and it, it, it works. I don't know. Uh, they got booed, obviously. And then, of course, we got to see a uh, big cast come to the ring and just lay everyone out, which is always satisfying. <laughs> we got to spell out uh, S-A-W-F-T, soft. That was also a dream of mine, so that was really cool. I'm still waiting on my chance to uh, chant along with Enzo Amore's entrance thing, so that'll have to wait, but it was a lot of fun. Becky Lynch and Natalia also teamed up against Charlotte and Emma. The crowd was really into this match, which was really great to see. There was a little girl a couple of rows behind me who was holding up a women's championship title, and that just, oh my god, that just warmed my heart seeing that. Uh, It was just a really great match. Uh, Natalia got Emma to tap out to the sharpshooter. It was just really, really entertaining. Becky Lynch, by the way, is super over. Her entrance was awesome. Uh, Rusev defeated Zack Ryder after that. You know, we all cheered for Zack Ryder, but we all knew what was coming. It was just very sad. And then, uh, oh my god, you guys. I had some people argue with me on Twitter about this, but I gotta say it. Roman Reigns got booed out of the building, man. Like, he was booed out of the building during his entrance for the six-man tag team match. Well, it ended up being a six-man tag. Originally, it was just the Usos versus Gallows and Anderson, but then... Because uh, SmackDown loves us, we got to see AJ Styles and Roman Reigns in action. Oh my goodness, you guys, seeing Roman Reigns and AJ Styles going against each other. I said it earlier today, but I'm going to, it just bears repeating. Their chemistry is off the charts, you guys. It is electric. And AJ Styles got a huge pop. And oh my gosh, I, you guys all know how much I love AJ Styles. I've loved him for a really long time, and I never thought I was going to actually get to see him in person. But I was so close to him, and watching him wrestle in person it was just like a dream come true for me. And oh my goodness, he is just so good. He is so good. I can't even just, I can't even express how thrilling it was for me to see him do what he does best in the flesh in a WWE ring too. So, wow, that guy's, oh man, I got home and I was just like, you know what? I'm good. I think I've peaked. I think I can do no better than this. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was just really, really, it was just great. Absolutely fantastic. 
So in other news, we've already talked about the WWE releases, but there is still a lot going on not related to all of that. For one thing, China finally has a bio on WWE.com. I went and checked it out. It's actually very well done. So yay for you, WWE. Thanks for finally doing what you should have done like years ago. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Eric Young made a quote unquote surprise. We already knew because of tapings, but he made his NXT debut on this week's uh, NXT. It was really, really cool. He faced off against Samoa Joe, put on quite the fight, even though Samoa Joe did win his match. But it was just so cool seeing Eric Young, EY, in a WWE ring. I am super excited to see what's going to happen. I'm also interested in when we're going to see Bobby Roode finally make his debut because, you know, rumors have been floating around and I'm pretty sure that we'll see him one of these days. So hopefully that day is really soon. In other news, I already mentioned this earlier, but I also want to talk about it. Tyler Breeze versus Shinsuke Nakamura happened at NXT Selena, Kansas. Oh my goodness, those lucky MFers who were there. I am so freaking jealous. I'm freaking jealous of anyone who's seen Shinsuke Nakamura live, but Nakamura versus Tyler Breeze and Tyler Breeze actually being allowed to do what he can do. Hallelujah. That sounds so cool and so much fun. So I hope that there's some clips that, you know, pop up on social media and YouTube. Apparently, Shinsuke Nakamura stole Tyler Breeze's selfie, stuck and took a selfie, so I definitely want to get that selfie. <laughs> Bailey and Sasha Banks have this really fun Twitter war over Shinsuke Nakamura, and I'm just enjoying every, every update as they come. So that's really cool. Oh, rumor has it that there's also uh, talks within the WWE to have another uh, series of tournaments. Uh, this one having women mingled in with women from their current roster. Now, this would be really cool. The Global Cruiserweight Series, or the Cruiserweight Classic, whatever it's called, uh, looks to be shaping up really nicely. It looks like WWE doesn't quite know what they want to do with it, but, you know, whatever it is, it's just going to be really fun to watch, especially for just, you know, pure old wrestling fans. It'll be just a joy to watch. So I would be super excited to see them do uh, a women's version of this. I'd love to see women like Santana Garrett, Sexy Star, Amber O'Neill, just women like that, you know, clashing with women of the current WWE roster. Like, can you imagine Sexy Star versus Sasha Banks or Bayley versus Santana Garrett? Like, the options are limitless. And we already know that Santana Garrett is open to working with WWE and NXT because she did have a one-off match there. So... I personally think this would be a really cool opportunity for WWE, and I hope that it comes to fruition sometime this year or next year. It just sounds really, really cool. Well, while we're talking about talent on the rocks, as we were doing earlier, Adam Rose posted uh, and then reposted a letter from his doctor talking about his suspension from WWE. I really hope he doesn't get fired because after seeing his story on that ESPN, uh, you know, behind the scenes look at NXT, I, I don't want him to be without a job, but I just, I honestly just don't know what's happening here. Like, it looks like he's in the clear and he was just taking medicine for his ADD, but what, what is happening? I'm so confused by all this, and I'm sure everyone else is too. Hopefully, we'll just get some solid, concrete word on what is happening. Uh, hopefully, Adam Rose is not released. I don't, I don't think my heart can handle any more releases today. And while we're talking about releases, we got to talk about Ryback. Oh my goodness. Apparently Ryback was asked to leave and go home during Monday's raw tapings, uh, live tapings, I should say, 
because of a contract dispute. And he posted something on his Tumblr. First off, uh, Ryback has a Tumblr talking about the disparity of payment between, you know, winners and losers in wrestling, which he thinks is ridiculous considering everything is predetermined. Now, I'm with him when it comes to that, but honestly, it just, it has always been the way where on the lower card, you get paid less than, you know, people in main event matches. Although I don't know if that's exactly what he was uh, suggesting. And apparently he has another interesting uh, demand for his contract, which is uh, WWE paying for hotels on the road. And that sounds very, uh, yeah, that that's not too weird, is it? Like, that's not too uh, crazy of a demand, right? But, you know, honestly, Ryback is not in much of a position of power when it comes to, you know contract disputes because he's not he's not a huge star anymore you know he was hot a couple years ago but not anymore and frankly he doesn't have like the skill or the charisma to really say look without me you're nothing it's not like he was cm punk and that was stressful enough for wwe so uh whatever happens we should be finding out pretty soon because this kind of situation looks like something that's not going to just wait around for a while you know Okay, well, on that happy note, that's all I have for this week. I will be back next week, and man, uh, I'm probably going to be posting my podcast on Saturday because I'm going to be traveling back to Memphis this time next week. So for those of you who have been listening, thank you guys so much. It, as always, this means the world to me that you guys are listening, giving me your support. Uh, this was a really, really fun week for me. I got retweeted by Natalia and Sexy Star, so that was just, that just made me happy. And, of course, thank you guys so much, everyone who shared any of my, uh, SmackDown pictures and tweets that I posted after seeing the tapings on Tuesday. Thank you guys so much. For all of you new followers, thank you guys. I post this every week, so be sure to check out my blog, www.girltalkwithgabby.com. I post weekly raw recaps and analysis and just a bunch of other blogs as well. You can find a lot of my work on smartoutmoment.com. I will be guest starring on their podcast about the sexiest WWE superstars and female superstars, so be sure to give their podcast, Smack Talk, a listen. And you can also find me on Twitter at GirlTalkWWE or my personal account at not underscore Gabriella. So follow all those things if you feel like it. Once again, I know I've thanked you guys a lot already, but really, this is awesome to me and I love doing this. So thank you, everyone, and I'll see you next week. Bye.